just as Melissa and the worship team sang earlier about breaking the chains, right? Breaking the strongholds off of our lives. Let's do that right now as we pray over these students. Pray that they will be safe. Pray over the the teachers and the administrators to give them wisdom, right? And that God would be with them this year. And also, as a mama, I have one going off to college next week, so pray for this mama too as we do that. And Pastor CT is going to come and speak blessing over the children and the ministrators this morning. Praise the Lord. I'd like for everybody that would just come on up behind them here and let's pray for them together. Amen. And uh, just lay your hands upon them and we believe God that God, we've got a good group of young people. We've got a good group of teachers that's helping them and will bless them. And thank God for teachers that come to church and yes. sing and praise the Lord. Amen. And, uh, and uh, work here in the house of God. I just praise the Lord for that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's just, everybody, if you will, just stretch your hand this way and Let's pray for the students first, and then we'll pray for the faculty. Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, we ask you to take these, Lord, this morning. You said that you would overshadow them. You said you would build a hedge about them. And I believe you for every word that you've called them to do. Lord, they're a force that the enemy can't reckon with. And we believe you right now that you would just watch over them and let the Holy Ghost and the power of God and the anointing of the Lord move and minister and touch in the name of Jesus and to the glory of God. I thank you for it right now in Jesus' name and to the glory of God. Build a hedge about them. Build a hedge about them and let the Holy Spirit of God lead them. Let them be in the best in their class. Let them be anointed and Lord moved in the name of Jesus and to the glory of God we do pray and we will thank you for it in Jesus' name. Let's pray for the faculty right now. They need much prayer. Amen. I ask you right now that you would just be Lord with our faculty lay your mantle upon them Lord and let the Holy Spirit of God and the anointing of the Lord rest upon them give them wisdom how to lead the Lord about love of God and the anointing of the Lord keep them from all harm let the Holy Ghost and the power of God be a hedge about them Lord we know they love you and worship you in spirit and in truth Lord, we'll not fail to praise you and thank you. We ask you to order their steps. You said you ordered the steps of a righteous man or woman. We believe you, Lord, that you would order their steps in the name of Jesus and to the glory of God. I thank you for doing it right now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you. Continue to pray for them this week. Many of them will be going back to school. And also, Brother Kendon, he's here today. He's going to bring the word to us. Also, his wife is a teacher. So pray for Sister Stephanie. They're awesome family members of ours, not just friends of ours, but family because of the kingdom, right? Amen. Pastor Kendon?
Welcome. Give him a hand today. Thank you, Carl. Praise the Lord, everybody. All right. Praise the Lord, everybody. All right. Praise the Lord, everybody. How many glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? All right, three of you. How many are really glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? All right. I can tell you this much. I'm excited to be here. I'm honored to be here. I'm enthusiastic to be here. And I believe God's going to do something mighty in the hearts of the people here today. Amen? So some of you are thinking, who is this guy? I've never seen him before. What's going on? Oh, kids, get out of here. You little crumb snatchers. No. Kids, you're free to go. Right? Is that what we're supposed to do? Kids are free to go. Free to go, kids. I got two, two little boys. I call them my two little crumb snatchers. I got a uh, Josiah's my oldest. He's 11. And Noah's my youngest. Uh, he's nine. And uh, man, just pray for me. Pray for me. How many parents I have out there with young kids, amen? I'm all praying for you, praying for you. But uh, uh, what an honor to be here. Uh, just, uh, just a blessing to be here. Uh, my name is Kendon Alexander. Those of you that don't know me, uh, married to a wonderful wife, Stephanie, who is also, she's a school teacher. Um, she teaches social studies. I got two boys, as I just mentioned. And um, we started a church uh, in near Wheeling, West Virginia, uh, way up north. Actually, it's in a town uh, called Weirton is actually where we have it. When we first started, it was just my wife and I. We planted from the ground up. Uh, just my wife and I, we met in the house, and we just kept just meeting and meeting. And, uh, man, I tell you, the Lord has been, been, been awesome. We, we started in the house, and then from there we couldn't find any buildings we met in a community center for a little bit, and then at the community center, we, I was preaching one day, and the community center said, listen, you only have about another month to meet, and we have graduation parties that are going to be coming in, so you guys are going to be gone. You can't meet the rest of the summer. I thought, Lord, what, do, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I was preaching one day, and the gentleman says, listen, I have a building. He said, it ain't the greatest building. He said, it's an old union hall uh, up where we're at. It's the steel workers and stuff like that. He said, it's an old union hall. And so I thought, hey, we'll take whatever we got. We can't find a building, can't find anything. This building didn't have no AC, and it didn't have no heat. But the people still kept coming and worshiping and glorifying the Lord. What we did is we went straight, we went straight West Virginia. So when it, got, when it got hot, and when I'm telling you this place got hot, so when it got hot, we had gotten some um, coolers, you know, coolers you put drinks and stuff in. We got some coolers. We cut the top of the cooler out, ran like a PVC pipe type deal, and then got a fan and cut the fan apart and stuff like that and got the fan running. And then we'd put ice in the cooler. And Yeah, yeah. And so we had like five or six of these just straight West Virginia things, you know. And so we'd run those to try to cool it down a little bit. And then everybody said, Pastor, what are we going to do? It's going to get cold soon. And it was like this was not this past winter was halfway decent. But the winter before when it was crazy, crazy cold. I mean, it was, it was bitter cold. And so 
I thought, man, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I just prayed and I prayed. So I went and got, um, went and bought, I called a buddy of mine, pastors of a great church in uh, Dallas, Texas. And I called him. I said, listen, I have an idea. We have no heat. It's freezing cold down there. I mean, people are worshiping. You can see their breath, you know, as they're worshiping. And we need just, uh, you know, this is the only idea I have. And so we went and got those uh, outdoor heaters, outdoor propane heaters. I figure if you can use them outside, you can use them inside. So we went and bought, he bought, bought us like five of those, and we put those in there and cranked those babies up. Still cold. I mean, still people were worshiping like, you know, you know. We sang a lot of songs about the fire of God. <laughs> so, um, you know, we did that, and then we just, just kept praying. Uh, we had one gentleman I had been witnessing to and talking to and wasn't even thinking at the time and invited him to come to church, and he'd never been in church, and he comes to church, and we get done, wasn't even thinking at the time. And I said, how'd you enjoy services? I love service. He said, but there might be a problem, but I'm not going to say anything. I said, what? And he says, well, don't you understand that I'm a firefighter? I said, yeah, I know you're a firefighter. He says, well, you're breaking every code in West Virginia. And I was like, oh, I said, but the Lord is able. Amen. So uh, we, we prayed and we prayed and we prayed. And then all of a sudden I get a phone call one day, uh, a gentleman I did not know. And he says, uh, are, are, is your name Kendon? I said, yes. He said, you don't know me. He says, but I attend such and such church. He said, and I was praying one day uh, just this past week, and he said, and the Lord dropped you upon my heart. He said, I've searched around and around to try to find your information and find out who you are. I said, what's me, bud? bud? He said, said, we have a church. church." And he said, we've been in the church for 20-some years, and he said, we only have three members in the church. He says, we're going to shut down the church, but he says, we don't want the kingdom to be shut down. He says, so the Lord laid it upon my heart for you guys to come into this building and come into this facility. So we went from just moving our stuff all the time. You know, with church planners, church planning's tough, and, and we took, you know, had to set up, tear down, set up, tear down, move, and all that. So we finally got a building, finally got a building. God's been blessing, and so uh, my wife is there today preaching up a storm. Somebody just sent me a text and says, don't come back. We love your wife. We don't need you anymore. So um, no, just playing, but uh, my wife just, uh, just, they said she did a great job, and so uh, I'm excited. I, I'll say this, and it leads up to this, just kind of talking. Pastor said I had till about 2.30. So I got plenty enough time today. This one's looking at me like crazy eye. No, I'm just playing with you. But I say all that to to say this, that I would not be at that church ministering to the people if it had not been for Pastor Brian and his family. I mean, just what a tremendous blessing. And, And I'll say this, that when we see 90% of our people who attend our church are first-time converts, have never stepped foot in church. So a lot of things, you know, I've been raised Pentecostal. You know, I've been raised in it and kind of know it. And, and folks at our church, you know, they, it's a lot of teaching going on, you know, and a lot of, and it's great to see it. I mean, people that never even stepped foot in church and folks who have stepped foot in church up there, Pretty much everybody who's had any inkling in church up in that area has been raised in the Catholic church. So all they know is kind of stand up, sit down, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so when you come in and kind of, you know, come to the altar and raise an hand, people are like, whoa, what's going on, you know? But we're seeing people get touched. We're seeing lives get changed. But like I said, again, 
Uh, I went through a, just a dark season in my life, a dark time of ministry. Ministry can be tough, as Pastor was saying. Uh, it can be extremely tough. And uh, I've been in ministry almost 20 years now, full-time ministry. And uh, just went through a tough season in my life. And, and Pastor and his wife just took us in, loved us, cared for us, and just was a blessing. When there was times I just didn't even think I could get out of bed. Pastor was there. He spoke life. He was, he was kind of my Ezekiel. I was a valley of dry bones. I didn't want to step foot back in church. I didn't want anything to do with church. You know, especially when people say, well, this word of God says, I know what the word says. I just needed somebody just to speak life. And pastor and his wife just spoke life into me and encouraged and, and, and kind of the main reason why we started, we call it Impact Church, and the main reason why we started Impact Church because they came and prophesied to the dry bones in our lives, my wife and I. And because of that, now that we are healthy enough, now that we lead a great church and able to be a blessing to them, amen. So I know today when he got up and shared, I know it was tough, I know it was difficult, I know being in ministry, how tough and difficult that is. And, but I, I want you just to take a few moments, if you would, if we can take at least 30 seconds, and I know you st stood during worship and that, but I just want you, when I count to three, we're going to take 30 seconds, and we're going to honor by the clapping of our hands, by going a little shout, by just a little something, something, just beating on your neighbor beside you. But I just want to serve notice on the enemy, amen, to let the enemy know that you love your pastor, that you love the first lady of the house, amen, and love the family of what God is doing. And just let the enemy know, pastor's talking about August being a month of unity and coming together, and it's serving notice. It's letting the enemy know that for me and our house, amen, we will serve the Lord, amen. So when I count the three, I know pastor's not here, his beautiful wife and the kids are here, um, if you would, just take 30 seconds and just love and appreciate him and let him know how much we love him and care for him. Are you ready? And it's also a sign to the enemy. We're going to slap him right upside the head. Amen? All right. One, two, three. Come on, stand to your feet and just honor. There you go. You got it. You got it. All right, if you would, my mic keeps kind of cutting out, so I'll yell out. Sometimes I throw. But remain standing just for a second. Let's, let's pray for Pastor. Tough day. Tough day. What I'm doing today is just what comes naturally, what the Lord blessed me with. But what he has to do today, I was telling him, they don't teach you this in Bible college. They don't have class 101 how to deal with things like this in, in college. They don't prepare you for heartbreaking things like this to happen. So what we're going to do is we're going to pray for pastor. And we're going to pray for Nitro, right? We're going to pray for the Sparks family, amen. I know Richard. I know him real well. I know the whole family, the kids, and everybody. Listen, let's see the kingdom win. Amen. Let's see, let's see the kingdom win. Let's see the kingdom win. And, and there's times that happen, just like y'all have, we all have family. Amen. Family gets, it gets a little rough every once in a while. 
I mean, I, you know, I got, a, I got an older brother, and, and, you know, there's been some family dinners that my mom's had to, you know. I mean, yeah, I remember my brother come across the table at family dinner one time after me, ready to choke me, amen. <laughs> but amen, we love each other, amen, we love each other. So let's see the kingdom win, so let's pray, let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your many blessings. We come before you, God, because first and foremost, God, we're, we're not about sides, we're about the kingdom, and God, you said, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so, Father, we lift up uh, Bishop to you. We lift up Pastor to you as he has just a tremendous task today. And God, a heartbreaking task today. And so, Father, give him the wisdom. Give him the peace, Lord. Just give him the, the comfort to be able to do what he has to do. And God, we lift up Richard and his family to you, God. And Father, we pray that you would grab a hold of his heart, God, that as the enemy that we know, according to the word of God, that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But you said, I've come to give life, and life more abundantly. And so, Father, we ask that you would just grab a hold of his heart and his family that you would speak to them, God. Lord, we're believing and we're declaring and decreeing that restoration will happen. God, we're believing and decreeing that forgiveness will happen. God, we're believing and decreeing, God, that together unity will happen. God, we don't want to see the enemy win, but God, we want to see your kingdom win in all this, God. We love you. We thank you, God. We bind every satanic force. We come against any satanic activity. We bind it over this campus, the Nitro campus. Campus, God. And Lord, we thank you for your power. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your glory. God, we thank you, Lord, that you're going to use the Nitro campus. God, we thank you that you're going to bless this campus, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We bless you. We honor you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody gave a triumphant amen and amen. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Do I got, I got a few minutes? Do I got just a few minutes? All right. How many are ready to get into the Word? I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I was kind of late on giving my scripture. Do you all have it or do I need to pull it? Do we have Ezekiel, I think Ezekiel 47, chapter 47? Are we able to pull that up and go that route? If not, I can grab from my phone. All right. So we're going to kind of run around a little bit on this. Can we go to verse, uh, let's go verse 8. Let's go verse 8. Thank you, thank you. Uh, then he said to me, uh, he's talking about, let me kind of give a little little caption here. Uh, there's so much I could preach, but for the sake of time, I'm not going to get into it. Um, he's talking about this water coming from the sanctuary in verse 1, and you can read it when you get home. And he's talking about this water coming from the sanctuary. And then uh, in verse 2, I think 3, 4, and 5, he's talking about how the water goes out so far. And at one particular thing, he says he measured the water, and the water came up to their ankles. And then they measured a little bit more, and the water came up to their knees. And then he came up, and they measured a little bit more. And as they're going through the water, the water came up to their waist, and they measured a little bit more, and then they swam in the water. And we could preach a good message all about that, but let's go here and then it kind of, kind of starts right here he says uh, then he said to me these waters issue out towards the east country and go down into the desert and go into the sea which is being brought forth into the sea the water shall be healed can we go to the next one we'll go to probably verse 12 and it shall come to pass that every living thing which moves wherever the river shall come shall live and there shall be a very great multitude of fish because these waters shall come thither 
and they shall be healed and everything shall live where the river comes. Can you say amen to that? And it shall come to pass. The fisher shall stand on it from Egdi and even to... Yeah, have, have good luck with that one. And they shall be a place to spread forth their nets. Their fish shall be according to their kinds and the fish of the great sea exceedingly many. Verse 11. And but the miry places thereof and the marshes thereof shall not be healed and they shall be given to salt. The last scripture, I think it is, verse 12. And by the river on the banks thereof on this side and on that shall, shall grow all trees for me whose leaves shall not fade, neither shall the fruit thereof be consumed and they shall bring forth new fruit according to this month and because the waters they issued out of the sanctuary, hello, somebody, and the fruit thereof shall be for meat and their leaves there for medicine. I, I want to talk to you here today uh, just from one word. I, I want to talk to you just one word that's stirring in my heart today for y'all. And, and I'm excited because it kind of lines up with this being a month of prayer. And I'm kind of starting off the prayer. But I want to talk to you from the word release. Somebody shout release. release. You could do better than that here down in West Virginia. Come on. Somebody shout release. release. Let's pray. Father, bless your people. Speak to your people here today. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said amen. amen. So I talked a little bit about going through this season of my life and how Pastor and, and Renee had been such a blessing in my life during this just horrendous season of my life. Um, and as I traveled through this season, it's always funny is that, that God won't take you through something that he won't work for his kingdom and for his glory. And so as I went through this just horrendous season in my life, I, I'll never forget that I was needing some answers from God. I was needing some answers from God, and, and I, I just remember crying out to God. And, and I remember one, you get kind of bold and kind of crazy when you're going through stuff, you know. And you look back over the Lord, I don't know why you didn't strike me down with fire. I mean, what was I thinking, you know. But I remember being in the car and just going through this season of my life, didn't care who was beside me as I was driving, and tears are rolling down my face and I'm just an emotional wreck and and just needing answers from God and I'm crying out to God and you know people are looking in the car beside I didn't even care people are looking at me I pulled up to a light and I remember being at the light and people just looking at me and just you know if I had mascara back then you know it would just be all up on my face and and I just oh God and 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 I remember I remember so vividly from that moment, being at that light, and it's almost even talking about it now, it's almost taking me back to that, that season in my life. I remember being at that life, uh, light and, and just God just beginning to just take me down a road that I want to share with you. How many of you have felt like I had felt? Because where I was at, I was needing some answers <clears throat> And I was praying, I know the scriptures, I, I know what the word says, but I wasn't hearing anything. And so I want to ask a question to y'all this morning, because I felt like the stuff I was praying about was being held up. Is anybody within the sound of my voice ever feel like some stuff has been held up in your life? Maybe, let me, let me head down your road just a little bit. Maybe you were like me and you've been praying about some answers, but you've been felt like they have been held up. 
This is a month of prayer and this is a week of prayer and praying for your kids. Maybe some of you have been praying for your kids and believing for God to do something mighty in your kids, but you have not seen the manifestation of it. Some things have felt like they've been held up. Maybe, 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 just maybe, maybe, if I can find two people that would just be boldly enough just to slide your hand up when I talk about, maybe you've been praying some about some financial things. And you've given and you've given and you've given and you've been asking God, God, I know what your word says and given it shall be given back to a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. And God, you said that you'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that I don't have room enough to receive it. And the apostle Paul says, give with a cheerful heart and I've given with a cheerful heart, but I've not seen the manifestation of some stuff. Has somebody felt like healing has been held up? Have you felt like your miracle has been held up? That your breakthrough has been held up. That your turnaround has been held up. That a job has been held up. Provision has been held up. Direction has been held up. Open doors have been held up. Am I talking to anybody here at One Light this morning that is believing? So as I'm, as I'm in, in my car and wrestling with God and needing God and, 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 and just, God, why, why aren't you answering? God, why, why, God, I need you the God, what are you, what, God, what's up? Now, you might not be there, but at some point in life, you will get there. God, I need you to do it. And I know this is the month of prayer, and, 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 and I'm believing. I'm believing from today, if, as we go through a few things from today, the things that you've been praying about. And the things that you, oh, the things that you've been believing for and the things that you've been declaring because this is a month of prayer that God is getting ready to release some things. And I tell you, put your seatbelt on and get ready because here is the time and the moment, the things that you've been praying for and believing for, for your kids and for your family, that God, by the time you walk out these doors here this morning or by the time you get up in the morning, that God is getting ready to release something in your family. Family. So as I'm walking through, let me get through as God, as I'm walking through this season, God begins to show me something and he takes me to the book of Daniel and you can read it when you get home. But Daniel was a great man of prayer. Daniel prayed and when Daniel prayed, things happened. And so one day God started messing with Daniel like he messed with me. Daniel prayed and was, when Daniel prayed, things happened. Daniel prayed one day, nothing. Hmm. All right. Daniel prayed the second day. Nothing. Daniel thought, maybe I need to change, maybe I need to change prayer a little bit. So Daniel, you know, Daniel went from a hermeneutical, philosophical, eschatological, ontological, teleological, pathological, psychological type prayer. Oh, gracious Father. Oh, I need thy glory. And as time began to go and he had no answer, things started changing a little bit. Daniel was praying and said, God, God, what's up? God, what is going on? And he prayed and he prayed and he prayed, nothing, 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 nothing. 21 days go by and Daniel had seen nothing happen. All of a sudden, an angel shows up and says, listen, I heard you on the first day that you prayed. But the king of Persia held me up. And for those who know, that's not a literal being, a spiritual force that held him up. And he said, I heard you on the first day that you prayed. I heard you on the first day that you prayed. 
But the king of Persia, what? Held me up. There are some things that you've been praying about. There are some stuff that you've been believing for that the enemy has held up in your life. And some of you have been wondering, and some of you have been frustrated with God, and some of you have been angry with God, and some are not even here today, and you're thinking about, man, that, he, he, boy, he's talking about Sister Jane today. Because Sister Jane's still mad, and Sister Jane's still upset that God has not moved on it, but she doesn't realize that I ain't even going to church no more, I'm not believing anymore, I'm not going through anymore, and doesn't realize that the enemy has held your stuff up. The Bible says that whatever you bind on earth shall be what? And whatever you what? Loose on what? Shall be what? Why would he say such a thing? Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. In other words, he's telling us that there are times that there will be things held up. Oh, I wish I had somebody in here. There are some things that will be held up in your life. And he says, and I'm going to give you the capability. I'm going to give you the resources. I'm going to give you the power that you need to be able to break some things. Don't let my tennis shoes fool you. I come to preach today. Listen. There, you have the power and the capability to loosen some things in the heavenly realm. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Are you all still with me here today? Are you sure? Do I got a few minutes? Let me make sure I got a few minutes in here to be able. The enemy has held some stuff up in your life. But I come to serve notice on the enemy here this morning that somebody's going into the enemy's camp and taking back what the enemy stole from you. There are some folks. Some of you might be like where, where we're at up in West Virginia, that portion of West Virginia. Uh, heroin is, is, an, is, is, is terrible. I mean, it's, I have done 15 overdose funerals this year. 15. 15. It's terrible. Terrible. Meth houses everywhere. I mean, every week it's something. Just every, every week. But I'm here to let you know there's nothing too hard for God. And some of you have been praying for a son or praying for a daughter that's been caught up in some stuff and been caught up in a mess. But I double dog dare you today to get a hold of this message because if you get a hold of this message, something's going to happen in the heavenly realm. Something's going to be released. And from what you do here today is going to break something up there and once that's broken up there it's going to be released down here so don't be surprised by the time you leave this place somebody calls you up and say mama I don't know what's been going on I don't know what you've been doing I don't know what you've been praying but something's turning in my life something's happening in my life something's transpiring in my life something's moving in my life something's forming in my life I wish I had three witnesses in the house of the Lord so you have the power to be able to release some things in your life and so what I love about this particular text and let me go rather quickly through this to get somewhere what I love about this particular text in Ezekiel 47 it's talking about water somebody shout water my 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 water 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 and so when I think about water I think of one of my favorite passages of scripture the woman at the well 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. How many are familiar with the woman at the well? And so that's a lot of hands. Usually when I do that at church, I'll say, anybody familiar with the woman at the well? They're like, is that Barbara from down on 3rd Street, Pastor? You know, they don't, they don't know. And so uh, <laughs> they're not real sure about the woman at the well. And then once you read it, like, oh, you know. So uh, when I think about the woman at the well, you, you have to think of water. Because here she runs into him and she says, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Are y'all familiar with that? She says, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes by, you know, and he says, well, I got this living water and I am the living water and that. But if you really think about it, he doesn't answer the question. Because the first question she has, she kind of poses him. She said, listen, how are you going to get this water? You have nothing to draw with. But he talks about what the water is, but he doesn't say how he's going to get this water. Then he kind of talks about her business a little bit. You know, you've had five husbands and the one now is, uh, we don't know what's going on. <laughs> and so he says, in the middle of, a, it's almost kind of like sometimes a, a conversation that I have with my wife and my, and my fellas. Don't say amen, just keep straight on this, fellas. Keep, keep, my married fellas, just keep straight. But have you ever had a conversation with your wife? And as you're having this conversation, I'll say this. I'll put it this way. So I'm having this conversation with my wife, right? And we are talking about some stuff from church. And so we're having this conversation about church, and we're just going back and forth about church and things that we need to do. And out of nowhere, right? Out of nowhere, she says, well, we'll get the clothes on Friday, That's the clothes on Friday. I said, are we doing some clothes or something at the church? She's like, no, for the school. What school? The kids at school. How did we get over there? I thought we were just talking about the church. And you talk about clothes. Men, stay, stay with me, man. Oh, she says, well, I just... I just thought about the kids in the school and, and they need to get clothes and we got to go on front. Okay, hon. And so it's kind of this conversation Jesus is having with the woman at, at the well. And so she, she, they're talking, he says, you've had five husbands and they're talking about this water. How are you going to get this water? What are you going to do? And, da, da, da. and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Jesus all of a sudden has a worship seminar. He said, upon this mountain are going to be true worshipers. Those that are going to worship in spirit and in truth. Now I'm thinking, where is this cat going with this? How is he going? They're talking about her issues and how she, you would thought, you know, he said you've had five husbands and one now is a friend. And you thought he'd dive all up in her mess. You thought he'd get all, and girl, you need to work on your relationship skills. And you need to, you know, you thought he'd get into something like that. But all of a sudden he just starts talking about worship. And then it realized, it hit me, and I think it hits her, because if you read later in that text, the Bible says that she left her water pots. And all of a sudden, it, it began to hit me and begin to realize, he's answering the question without really answering the question. What's the question? She asked him in the beginning, how are you going to get this water? He starts talking about worship. 
She asked him, how are you going to get this water? He talked about what the water is going to be like, but he didn't say how he's going to get the water. But all of a sudden, he starts talking about worship. And the Bible says that she had these water pots, and, and that's how she was going to get her water that she needed. And then all of a sudden, the Bible says she left her water pots. She left the thing that will pacify to go after the one who will satisfy. She realized that how I get this water, I get it through my worship. That when I begin to worship and I begin to glorify him and I begin to lift up his name and I begin to magnify him, something will be released, y'all ain't hear me. Something will be released in the atmosphere. When you begin to worship, something begins to happen. So now we can go into my text in Ezekiel 47, I think it was verse 8. It says, this water will go down into the desert. That word desert there is actually Araba. It's, that's what they're talking about. They're talking about the place of Araba. Araba is a dry, desertless area. Nothing can grow. Dried up. And one thing I realize is that when you are in an Araba season in your life, when you are in a dry season, anybody know what I'm talking about? When you're in a dry season of your life, it'll take the fight out of you. Some of you know what I'm talking about because you're in an Araba season in your life right now. It's a dry place. Araba is a dry place. And, and when you can't play your, pay your bills, you get in a dry place. When you're facing addictions and problems, a dry place. Lost a job, dry place. Marital problems, dry place. When you're in a dry place, and this is, the, this is one of the, the main things that I learned through the season that I went through in here. Are y'all with me? One of the main things that, that, that I... One of the main things... Y'all hear me? I'm always encouraged. So he 
moment, and I'm going after it. What are you doing? You can't go on the field. you run to the store and come back. Don't trouble. And my dear sister just went, oh Lord. <laughs> I did this one time, quick story. I did this one time in Arkansas. Jumped up on a pew and this lady was giving me death look. <laughs> I kept preaching. I got down and pastor got done. We, got, we met back in the back room and he said, great service. I said, oh, thank you. Don't ever jump on that pew again. I said, why? I said, did you see that lady give me a death look? That's her pew. <laughs> I said, why? She sit there every, every Sunday? No, her name is actually on the pew. Get off the pew. Guess what I did the next night? I jumped on her pew. <laughs> and so there are times in your life that the enemy will make you feel like you have lost the fight. The enemy will make you feel like you can't go on anymore. Can I bring a little word into this? Moses was in the middle of a battle. I done lost everybody. I done lost. Moses. 
Jesus was in the middle, you're all thinking, is he coming to my pew? Thank you. (laughs) Moses was in the middle of a battle. And as long as his hands were up. As long as, oh, y'all don't hear me up here. I said, as long as his hands were up, he was winning the battle. But the moment his hands went down, he started losing. He started losing the battle. I'm here to let somebody know that as long as you have your hands up, it is a sign to the enemy. It is a sign to the haters. It is a sign to the naysayers. It is a sign to all the folks that never thought you could make it. I'm still here. I'm still here. Listen, when you worship and the worship team tells you to lift your hands, you're not just lifting your hands just for something that we do. You're lifting your hands to let the enemy know you should have killed me when you had the chance. Because now, as long as I got... Some of you need to leave service just like this. Some of you need to jump in your car and go down. And when you go in the Walmart and somebody from One Life sees you at Walmart, they might think, do you need help? And I'll ain't no. But the pastor said and the guest preacher said, he jumped on pews, by the way. He said, as long as I had my hands lifted up, something was going to be released. Something was going to transpire. Something was going to break. Something was going to happen. Something. Listen. Listen. I might just preach like this. How many are ready for God to release something in your life? I said, how many are ready for God to release something in your life? I said, how many are ready? Ready, 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 How many are ready for God to get ready to release something in your life? Throw your hands up towards heaven and somebody shout yes. Shout yes. Shout yes. Watch. Keep up. Keep up. Watch. 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 Because watch what's going to happen. It ain't going to take a minute or so, and somebody's going to be like, my hands are tired. <laughs> yes. No, he said, my arms are tired. Straight up out of here with a dream, I'm tired. Moses, Moses, watch. Moses felt the same way. His arms got heavy. Help me, preacher, what happened? What? Yes, his arms got tired. Listen, when I was going through, when I was going through the
over. You didn't think you were going to make it, but it ain't over. Give me, give me, give me 30 seconds. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you sure? When I count to three, I want you to get out of your seat. Oh, I know. I know. Oh, that's what we call sacred cows. Once you get in your seat, you're in your seat. When I count to three, I want you to get out of your seat and I want you to find three people. And all I want you to do is I want you to grab them right by the hand, just like Pastor did with me. Grab them by the hand. Give me that other hand. Grab them by the hand. Look them square in the eye. Say, it ain't over. It ain't over. The enemy thought he had you. The enemy thought he had you defeated. The enemy thought, now some of you are thinking, this is a great time to escape, honey. Let's go. He knows they'll never see us get up out of here. No, no. Now is the time for you to get your release, to get your breakthrough, to get your turnaround. Are you ready? One. Now y'all looking at me kind of crazy now. You're going to find three people. You're going to lift their hand high towards heaven and just tell them it ain't over. It ain't over. It ain't over. Somebody needs to hear it today. Somebody needs to be encouraged today. Somebody needs to be strengthened today. Somebody needs to be. We, we've been talking about it at our church, uh, the power of agreement. The power of agreement, the standing in agreement with one another, even if you don't know one another. We had a gentleman, real quick, and we're going to do it. We had a gentleman uh, at the church, and he went to the doctors, and they said he's got cancer all through his body. 27 years old. They gave him a death sentence. He came up and said, we're going to pray. We were preaching about power of agreement. Can't just preach about it. Got to do it. We prayed, agreed with him. Went to the doctor, I think, on Tuesday. Come back. All the tests are fine. They don't know what happened. All we know is once it was there, now it's gone. Don't tell me God don't do it. There's power when you can believe and agree. Two, get ready, get ready, get ready. Find three people, lift their hand, tell them it ain't over. Three, come on, get out of your seat. Find three people, lift their hand, tell them it ain't over. 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 It ain't. Tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them. I need a piano. Tell them it ain't over. It ain't over. It ain't over. Look at your neighbor, say neighbor. Look at your neighbor, say neighbor. It ain't over. Watch. When, when, when you worship, when you worship, Ezekiel said this, says when the water hits Arabah, things are going to be released. When the water hits Arabah, when you worship, when you worship, things begin to happen. Things, I said, when you worship, things begin to happen. I said, when you worship... Last, last point, just stay standing. It'll only take me two, two minutes for this point. It says the water not only went to Arabah, but it says that every living thing that moves, the water will make its way to it. Every living thing that moves. In other words, there will be a release. So, real quickly, when 9-11 happened, everybody's glued to the TV on 9-11. And I'll never forget, I was living in Atlanta, Georgia, pastoring a church in Atlanta, Georgia. And I'll never forget this, late in the midnight hour, everybody was watching at all times of the night. And they interviewed the police captain, or the fire captain guy. And they asked, what are you doing? He says, we are listening for noise. 
They said, what do you mean listening for noise? He says, there are still people in there that are buried. Now, nobody told him to do this stuff, but he says, there's something within the folks that they'll start beating on pipes or they'll start beating on some type of material to make noise so that we can hear them. The same is with Christ. When you begin to worship and you begin to make a noise, when you begin to shout in the middle of your worship, when you begin to holler in the middle of your worship, you might be buried in debt. You might be buried in a problem. You might be buried in a divorce. You might be buried in sickness. You might be buried in hatred. You might be buried in hurt. You might be buried in unforgiveness. But God said, if you make noise, if you make noise, you make noise, whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in the heavenlies. for God to release something in your life. Lift your hands towards heaven. Let's worship. And I need you to make some noise today. I need something to be released. This is a month of prayer. And as you're praying, this is your time. This is your moment. This is your season that God's going to release in your finances. He's going to release in your kids. He's going to release in your family. He's going to release jobs and better jobs. He's going to release bonuses. He's going to release checks in the mail. Somebody ought to shout in here, yes! Don't wait on the worship team. They can't do it for you. You got to do it. Let me hear you this morning. Let me hear you this morning. Come on, One Life. Let me hear you. You've been praying and praying, but nothing. But God said, if you can make a sound. It ain't over. It ain't over. God's got this. God's got this. God's got this. God's got this. You got to bust in your house after service today with your hands lifted towards heaven. And let the devil know for me and my house we will serve the Lord. You have to let him know. You have to let him know. You got to let him know it ain't over. If you're ready for God to release something in your life, lift both hands high towards heaven. I want to pray with you today. I want to pray that something will be released. If you're believing that something is going to be released, we're starting off prayer. This is what it's going to start this week. I think it's the whole week of prayer, right? Right? The whole week of prayer. What are we praying for this week? Family. Family. All week, right? All week for family. Is that right? Am I understanding that correctly? All week we're praying. Something's going to be released. It starts today. It starts today. And tomorrow, when you get up out of bed, I don't want you to get out of bed with your hands down tomorrow. I want you to roll up out of bed with your hands up. And the enemy said, oh, 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 I got a fighter. The kingdom suffered violent, but the violent take it by force. Lift your hands towards heaven. Father, in the name of Jesus. God, every hand that
that's lifted towards heaven that's ready for a release to happen in their family, a release to happen in their life. God, things that have been held up, things that they prayed for, things that they believed for, things that they declared. God, we're getting ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready, one life. He said, well, I'm waiting for the preacher. Don't wait for me. Get ready. When I count to three, I want you to shout. I want you to shout. You say, well, I just don't get all this shouting stuff from church, and I don't got to the wrong church today. They went to the walls of Jericho. Hello. They needed something to break. They needed a release. He said, I want you to shout. Psalm says, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Get ready. When I count to three, you're going to shout, and I'm believing your release is coming. He said, what are you waiting on? You're taking too long. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the prompting of the Spirit. Get ready. Get ready. You're lifting your hands without wrath or without doubt. When your hands are lifted, you're saying, I have no doubt God's going to pull us out. I have no doubt God's going to make a way out of no way. I have no doubt that God's going to heal my body. I have no doubt. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, somebody's going to shout here in a moment. Somebody's going to shout here in a moment. Cancer's going to leave your body through your shout. Somebody's going to shout here in a moment, and diabetes is going to leave your body. Somebody's going to shout here in a moment, and something. There you go, girl. There you go. It's happening. Blind body man's just stepped into one life. Here it goes. Somebody's getting a release up in here. Somebody's getting a release up in here. Get ready to. I need you to shout from the uttermost parts of your spirit. I need it to stir in you. This is your altar call. This is your time. This is your moment. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get, 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 get